Welcome back to Podcast Launchpad. I'm Kelly. Today I'm chatting with a podcaster and baby loss coach who's going to share why she got into coaching, why she started her own podcast, and what it's been like to run a podcast for the past year. My guest is Jennifer Sen. Jen is a certified life and loss coach and a bereaved mother. After realizing the massive lingering effects of the loss of her twin girls at 32 weeks, Jen decided to become a coach in order to help other parents to avoid years of pain and to find a path toward healing. She now coaches individuals and groups. Jen is also the host of Navigating Baby Loss, a global top 10% podcast. Welcome, Jen. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much. I love being here with you. Thanks. Awesome. Absolutely. So first of all, congratulations on hitting the one year mark of your podcast last week. Yes. So we're, we're recording on June 26th and your first episode went out on June 21st, 2022, yep. right? It did. Yes. Celebrating the first year. Oh. And I know that's I, I do know that that's a milestone because it's, I think, said that most people only get through seven, maybe, or 10. At the at most. most. At the yeah. most. Yeah. 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 Like one to seven, the vast yes. majority of podcasters quit. Oh, and I, and I do remember thinking that about that time, like, oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> I don't know if I can keep it up. But it's been such an amazing experience. And I've just met so many incredible people through it that 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 really fuels me more than as much as my mission for sure oh, oh that yeah. is great so we are going to be talking a lot about your podcast as we mm -hmm. go but i want to back up to why you got into coaching mm. so you delivered your twin girls by cesarean section at 32 weeks yeah and a year later had a rainbow baby is that right i did yes yeah. And so I just kept thinking, okay, I'm, I'm okay. This is, you know, this is fine. I, I need to be thankful. I had three healthy children that we did get to have the joy of raising. And I really, I had my own business and everything was, was really supposed to be going well. But deep down, I, I knew I always just fell off. I just fell off and I would I would see someone with a child or children my that would be my daughter's ages mm -hmm. and that I lost and I would just burst into tears and I was very emotionally fragile and there's just all these different signals throughout the year that I just years that I just really wasn't myself and and I went to a business conference once and they asked me to create a vision board of where mm -hmm. I wanted to be in 5 years and I honestly had a, I, I kind of had a little panic attack because I mm. thought, wait a minute, I don't, I don't do things like this. I don't plan far into the future. I know what happens when you think you're going to do something and you dream of this future and it doesn't really happen. Mm. And I'm not setting myself up for that kind of disappointment ever again. Oh. And it was at that time that I realized, okay, this, I, I'm not as healed as I'm trying to pretend that I am. Oh, wow. And there was a life coach at this event who 
spoke to me and we just really started, I started having some realizations of what my life could be like if I, if I did do some healing and get some help and, and, you know, received uh, years of coaching for it. After that, I, I, I hired a life coach and it just was the best thing ever. Mm. And I, I just know that there's not nearly enough help. There's a lot of silence when it comes to baby loss. There's, there's just too much shame and silence. And, and these women are carrying so much guilt and trying to pretend that they're moving on with their life. And, and it's just really, really not. It's, it's a mm -hmm. loss that stays with you forever. And so that's, that's when I and decided I needed to help. And it seems to be something that people who haven't experienced baby loss mm. don't want to talk about. Right. They it's may so uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They may think that, oh, I don't want to bring up that pain in you, yeah. or I don't know what to say. Yeah. Oh, they're probably not thinking about it. And if I bring it up that they're going to think about it again, and that'll make them sad or whatever. I mean, I, th I think it's the same thing with the death in general. Yeah. You know, they, they sure. don't bring up people's loved ones in general, which can be hurtful. Yes, right. It makes you feel like you went through this whole experience and, and it's invalidated. No one remembers or cares. And, and that may not be the case. It's just truly the uncomfortable piece. And I think especially when it comes to the loss of a baby, if it's if you're if you're with someone who's ever had a child or is close to a child, they they kind of put themselves in that position for a minute and think, oh, what if that would have happened to me? Yeah. And it's terrifying. Yeah. So I think that is it's just become a taboo subject. And the fact that we were all raised by grandmothers and great grandmothers or great aunts or whoever that said, oh, these things happen all the time <sighs> to women my age, you just get over it. And, you know, and, and now looking back, did they get over it? Were right. there, you know, were they really carrying these, this grief? And, and it just, um, I think now we're so thankfully, we're so in the age of mental health awareness that we can work through these things and, right. and be able to do some healing and very and feel better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've gotten to a point where we expect that we can talk about more things. Yeah. And so we want to, I mean, I, th I think we wanted to anyway, but you're right. Past generations were like, just like suck it up and get yeah. over it. You yeah. can try again. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. You can have another baby. At least you know you can. That's what I always tell people. If you're going to say something to a bereaved mother that starts with at least, <gasps> stop. Don't say yes. it. There's nothing you can say. And that is really truly minimizing their pain is, you right. know, at least you know you can have one. At least uh, they're in heaven with their grandmother or uh, at least they're, you know, they're, it just goes on and on. God had other plans for yes. them. Oh, <laughs> shut up. Yes, oh, my God. not helpful. No. Not helpful. Not mm -hmm. at all. No. What do you recommend people say? What are some things that were mm. most helpful to you to hear? 
or that you have said to other people that you felt yeah. was particularly helpful I, or I soothing. I people or, that the best thing you can do is just be willing to listen hmm. and not say a word not even try to make it better because you're not going to no. but that's what just as mothers of living children love to talk about their children mothers of lost children also like to talk about their children or what they dream of for them or what that experience was yeah and so the best thing you can do is truly just listen just let them know i'm here to talk i hate that this happened to you you can say that Mm -hmm. It's okay to say, I hate that you're going through this. This makes me so angry for you. I hate that you're hurting. If you need someone to listen, please let me know. Yeah. And just really sending texts. If you know the baby's, what the baby's name was, send them a text. I don't care if it's been 15 years. Mm -hmm. Send them a text and say, you know, I just wanted to let you know I'm thinking of you and Owen today. Yeah. And, you know, just just truly remembering that just as if just as it would be if it was a 90 year old grandparent true that makes a lot of sense it's just yeah. those are the things that are helpful yeah and not trying yeah. to fix it because you can't fix it no no yeah there's really nothing we can say to make someone feel better but knowing they're knowing that we're there with them yeah for them that is comforting, I feel. It is. And just allowing them to have someone that they know they can call mm -hmm. and just say whatever they need to say without having the response of, it's going to get better. You'll, yeah. you'll have another one. Don't <sighs> worry. And just relax and all of those yeah. things. Because, no, yeah. That's that, when that's when people get quiet and silent and just feel and yeah. start internalizing it. And we all know. Yeah. yeah. Because you're stuck in the pain of right now with mm. any kind of grief, whatever mm. it is, all of this, this advice you just shared is similar for any kind of grief it someone truly. is going to. Yes. My dad committed suicide mm. when he was 62 back in 2008 and I had, and he had attempted before and I had someone say to me, well, this wasn't a surprise since he had tried before. I, uh, well, wow. Yeah. <laughs> As if I shouldn't be sad. It's the you know? human condition, isn't it? We want a yeah. reason for everything. We want, yeah. we want to investigate it and, and, and justify all these things. Yeah. And there's so many things in life that we just yeah. can't. Yeah. And it's frustrating. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Aww. And yeah, then other people like, yeah, at least he's in heaven now. Mm -hmm. And at least his pain is mm -hmm. done. And or at least he's out of pain, that type of thing. So yes. like, oh my God. So what? I'm just supposed to move on. Yeah. Have, you know, one moment of shock and pain. And oh, sorry, no shock. Shock not allowed. And move on. No. Yeah. No. Just let me have the pain and yeah, not worry about I the think, future. Yeah. I think another part of it too is as the person who sends a text saying, 
I just want you to know I'm thinking of you and your dad today and, you know, I, I whatever. I'm sorry that you are struggling. Don't expect an answer back. Yeah. It's true. okay if the person doesn't answer you back. It yeah. doesn't mean that they didn't like your message. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it again in the future. Mm -hmm. It just means for whatever reason, just know that they received it and felt the love that you sent with it. And yeah. that's enough. Yeah. And don't get true. tied into, you know, again, our human nature is like, well, they didn't respond back. So I probably shouldn't have said it. Now I said the wrong thing. No, just. Yeah. Yeah. Just Very true. Give it, if you give it with love and compassion, they, they feel that. Mm -hmm. That's that's all you need to do. And you're not responsible for how the other person responds mm -mm. if they reply back to you. And mm -mm. yeah, like no. you said, it doesn't reflect on you or your message at all. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. so what made you decide then to become a life and loss coach? Mm. I just, once I had that experience and I experienced life coaching for myself and saw the difference that it made, it just really, it, it was such a aha moment of, you know, there's not a lot of this going on in this, in this space. There's not, there's so little help. And I remember it's been 23 years since my loss. So mm -hmm. back in the day, there was no social media. There mm -hmm. was no any, nothing, no outlets to reach out to, to get support, except I live in a small town. We had a little support group. It, mm -hmm. it was hard. I had two little boys at home. It was really hard for me to get there and all those things. Yeah. And, and, you know, therapy is amazing. Mm -hmm. I love therapy. But sometimes the thought of sitting there and drudging up all of the things when you're already in grief was just, it felt really, really heavy. Right. And so what I wanted to create was what I always wished that I had, mm -hmm. which was connection to other, other people who have, are currently or have mm -hmm. gone through this experience and can tell me, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I know what you're going through. I've been there. And I, I just really, I, when I found someone like that, that was, that meant everything to me. So that's mm -hmm. what I really um, wanted to create was a community of people just like that, who understood where I was and targeted help from someone yeah. who had been through it, who could, in in life coach in a life coaching way you know look towards the future take what yeah. is process through that and but all the while feeling like you're like you're moving towards the future and still honoring the baby that you lost yes that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah and so you focus on working with people who have experienced stillbirth yeah that is a very niche area it is yes it is stillbirth is technically 20 weeks gestation or more mm -hmm. um and there are some different dynamics and i know it depends on which state you live in but typically 20 weeks or more requires either a surgical removal mm -hmm. you know there's some sort of delivery procedure that's different than before 20 weeks 
Um, you know, we had to have a, a, a undertaker funeral director involved, you know, mm. at that point, there's just, there are some nuances that are just a little bit more. Your, yeah. your milk comes in, yeah. you know, you've got to deal with all that afterwards. There's just, there's some physical aspects that are also really a lot more difficult to deal with. Yeah. Um, and certainly I don't minimize, I know I, I never minimize uh, you know, baby loss at any stage, right. but I'm just, because that's been my experience and because I yeah. know there are a few extra things to deal with. Um, I do primarily focus on stillbirth loss. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it yeah. seems like on the whole, there are more physical reminders. Yeah. Physical, yeah. physiological reminders. Yeah. Right. On the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's mm -hmm. a little bit longer of a recovery and mm -hmm. there's a little bit more processing to to do. So Yeah, yeah. And so when did you become a life and loss coach? So I really unofficially have been doing it for several years, just mm -hmm. with people that I know and, you know, just mentoring people that I know. But I got my official life coach certification um, a year ago. So <gasps> awesome. that's been fun to just work through that process and just hone it down a little bit more. Have some real, I have some really great tools that are so helpful as I'm working with my clients and, and, um, you know, kind of little customizing what, what is it that they need yes. in order to get through the things? There's so much guilt, there's so much body, you know, there's a lot of distrust in your body that mm. goes on. Um, there's a lot of relationship issues that mm. happen with a baby loss. So yeah. yeah, it's given me a lot of really great tools to help dial into those things a little bit mm. more. I imagine there would be a lot of fear and distrust of your body when you get Ooh. pregnant again, too. And that's approaching whole, that same yeah. milestone. And then, right, then you start it all over again. Then, mm. you, you know, if you want to have another child, which I would say probably 85% of people mm. do, yeah, the fear, the fear is debilitating. Yeah. Oh, mm. goodness. Wow. So we, we do a lot with working through that too. Yeah, I would imagine. So then you started your podcast around the same time that you start officially started your business. Because I yeah. was going to ask, how were you marketing yourself before you started your podcast, but you jumped right in? Yeah, I really wasn't. I just kind of decided that I was going to go all in and, and really you know, make some big leaps in, in creating my business. And yeah, so podcasting came about six months into my business. <gasps> and um, I decided I wanted to expand my audience. I think for me, I, I feel like people who are podcast listeners are definitely ones that are seeking, they're seeking something, they're seeking answers, they're seeking comfort, they're they're seeking solutions maybe and and they're a little more willing to invest the time and in, in in themselves and doing some self-development which yeah. i think is so amazing and um so that's when i yeah i decided i i really wanted to try out the podcast crowd and it's been it's been amazing ever since oh, 
That's wonderful. I would imagine too that your audience, at least of early listeners, may be sort of testing the waters of listening to your podcast as a way to just begin to get help. Yeah. You know, like not jumping fully in yet of getting one on one help or help in a yeah. group just to see, okay, what kind of help is there? You know, realizing there is this community of, you know, community of people listening to the podcast, you know, podcast listeners are a community. Right. So have you found that with your show? I have. I, I really imagine, I think that my listeners are about one to five years out on Mm. the average from their loss. Wow. Um, Maybe they're, they're, maybe they've gone through a little therapy. Maybe they've tried a few things, but they're still feeling like they need something different or something extra. And um, so that's what I've noticed from my Mm. audience is that they are, they're just maybe trying out some different things. Mm to see, you know, or, or they're just curious what, because almost all of my guests, any guests that I have, except maybe two or three have had a loss themselves. Yeah. So every single one of them, I ask them to tell their loss story, because I think that's the biggest thing is just knowing that you're not alone in this. Right. Just that in itself is just that's really the goal of my whole podcast is letting people know they're not alone. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think just having, having them hear other people's stories and then the vast way of healing strategies that people have tried and the, or that are doing is, is really inspiring. Mm. That's awesome. And so for the majority of your listeners to be sort of one to five years out from their loss, about how many years was it after your loss that you sought help from the life coach? It was about 10 years. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was about 10 years. And you know, when I, when you think about grief manifesting, it manifested in my body, mm-hmm. um, as well as, you know, not allowing me to dream of my future. My body was also breaking down. Um, I had horrible um, fibroids, uterine oh. fibroids. I ended up having to have a hysterectomy. Oh. I had um, colon issues. I had I have colon resection. I just oh. truly think that was a result of this unprocessed grief just yeah. taking a toll in yeah. my body. And um, yeah, so I I really did feel just such a release and a renewal after I was able to process it through the right way. My goodness. That mm. is a long time. It was, to long. Go. It was too long. Yeah, yeah. I don't want anyone to suffer that long. No, that is amazing. And that is trauma. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, very yeah. deep trauma, physical and emotional and yeah. mental. I mean, it's just everything, it you is. know, totally, global systemic trauma that you are experiencing. Yeah. And I, I know, I, I think, 
again, back to the minimizers of our of our families or mm -hmm. our our society, really, it's so many people try to minimize it that Oh, right. well, you know, this is, you just can't get too attached to them because you don't know if they're staying and all of these oh. things. And, you know, don't tell anyone you're pregnant because just right. in case you get to suffer it all by yourself before 12 right. weeks. I mean, that whole thing is, oh. um, yeah. So I think there, I, I'm just afraid that there are a lot of people suffering internally for sure. Yeah. And with that thing too, about don't tell, you know, don't make it public mm. until 12 weeks or, mm -hmm. or even 20 weeks, I would tell people, yeah, you know, before 12 and certainly before 20 weeks, because my thinking was, I would like a few people to know yeah. so that if I have a miscarriage and I had three miscarriages and, mm. uh, and I have three children, I would want some people to know to be able to provide some support or, it's you know, at least right. empathy. I wouldn't want it to be just my husband and me I think, and then, yeah. and have him suffer as well. And then they tend to, at least they seem to move on more quickly. Yes. Than yeah. the one who's well, pregnant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily, but they seem to. Right. Yeah. Right. And don't want to talk about it as much. No. So I didn't want to burden him with needing to be talking about it more than he wanted to. So if I had at least a few friends who knew, then I could spread it out, you know, yes. who I was talking to. So and that I mean, just always what, felt unrealistic to me. I to say, too. wait. I do too. I really don't understand it. I know I'm never going to change the world with that. I know. Um, but I just think, why are, why is that the accepted practice that we wait to tell other people yes. when this, I mean, it's a, it's a really big deal and it's very painful. And when you love someone, that's what you do. That's what yeah. you, you, you know, they want to, your people want to love you through this. They don't want to right. find out after the fact that you'd been suffering through this in silence. Right. Right. And like you said, too, the shame mm. of baby loss or yeah. miscarriage. Yeah. It, we shouldn't have that. Yeah. Like, oh, it's my fault. Or I posted yeah. on Facebook. Now I have to retract oh, it. How embarrassing. Right. Now I have oh, to. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yep. Or I don't want a whole bunch of attention around it. Or, right. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it really is just not allowing the people who care about you to to be sub in support and it's just right. setting yourself up for for unnecessary suffering right yeah definitely uh, all right let's talk a little bit about your podcast or go back to talking about your podcast so what have been some hurdles that you've encountered over this past year with your hmm. podcast well when i started out it was just me. I just did solo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fun. I liked it, but that was a lot of pressure of oh, thinking it up, writing it out. You know, yes. writing it out. Am I, I? Some weeks I felt like, am I saying this? I, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over every mm -hmm. week, just in a different way. Mm -hmm. And even though I think some of that's okay. I think some people do need to hear it different ways. It just, 
that's kind of when I felt like, I don't know how, how long can I keep making things up? Mm. Um, maybe I should try having a guest maybe Cause I love mm. to talk to people. I'm definitely a people person. I've been a hairstylist all my life. I love people and I love talking with people. So yeah. why am I not doing, you know, guest podcasts? And yeah. then, um, so now I'm doing guest podcasts mostly, but the first week of every month I do a solo. Okay. So I, I, you know, there's always a topic that's kind of hot in my mind. And so then I can go riff and do my solo episode, which I still really like to do. But also I, um, I mean, I've just met the most amazing experts mm -hmm. and, there's so many people in this space who have come forward that are truly just wanting to help people. Mm. And, um, and yeah, and like I said, there's just such a variety of different methods and thought processes of how people have healed through this, that I think that's what's so much fun about it. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. As you know, I love having guests on mm -hmm. as well because of the variety of opinions and perspectives and people learn, I think, really well from the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think too. Like who doesn't live to listen into someone's conversation, right. you know, <laughs> like we're just, that's human nature. We just love to listen in and Definitely. And um, so, yeah, I mean, as the host, you try to ask the questions that you think the listener is wanting to know. And it's just mm -hmm. really fun to to um, meet new people. And I learned so much myself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yes. Yeah. With like every single guest. Yes. I absolutely learned something new. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Yep. And honestly, I, I do not always ask, or I, I've gotten to the point where I don't normally ask about my guests' background, mm. like when they are a professional podcaster, you know, really in the industry. Mm -hmm. I just don't. We talk about other things. We get right into the meat of the topic. Yeah. But I really wanted to go into your background mm. and tips from you about baby baby loss because this is so different and while it's not unique to my or specifically relevant to yeah. my entrepreneur listeners my listeners tend to be women and it's yeah. still helpful to people and yeah. i think particularly yeah. as women you know we've experienced this and yeah. yeah, I think too, it's it's one of those things where you you might think, Oh, huh, I've never really known anyone that's experienced a stillbirth. And then all of a sudden you will, right. you know? <laughs> all of a sudden you will. And I mean, for whatever reason, I have no idea. But with COVID came an increased um, percentage of babies that were that are born stillborn, stillborn. Uh. So this is something that is at some point going to be a focus or a, you know, a known thing in your life. Right. And so, yeah, just to have this information in your back pocket, knowing like, this is, this is how I can support them yeah. is everything because that is, that, uh, that is what they need. And, um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, I'm actually working right now too to try to get it into hospitals mm. a little bit more in the healthcare facilities. I think sometimes there's so much technical, um, there's so much technical speak in the in the hospital that they forget that every single word is really heard by the patient and taken in. So yeah. there's there's some work there to be done too. Oh, um, that would be amazing. Yeah. And yeah, I do not know the stats at all, but the United States has gotten really bad at, isn't it the maternal death rate, you know, during pregnancy and, and childbirth. So that's another thing I've learned doing podcasting is um, several of my guests are from the UK or they're from, you know, at other countries. And it's so interesting that the maternal care that they have and, <sighs> and the things that they have set up to support their, their new moms. And the U.S. is really really falling behind. So it's definitely yeah. a place to advocate for us. Yes, for sure. So I'm just curious mm -hmm. how our stillbirth rate compares mm -hmm. to other, like, other countries in general, but particularly other Western countries, because we are terrible with the maternal death rate. So yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, if we don't already know someone who's had a stillbirth then or, or yeah, we we definitely know people who have had early yeah. miscarriage. For but sure. yeah, if we don't know someone who's had a stillbirth, we probably do and don't realize it. Yeah. We certainly will down the line. Yeah. yeah. So or we did know and we tried to stay away from them because we yeah. didn't know what to say. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Yeah. All right. So what tips do you have for listeners who are considering starting a podcast mm. or who have just started and trying to get the ball rolling and avoid pod fade, mm. <laughs> which you have done? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think my biggest advice would definitely be to plan out. I know it sounds so boring, but it's so true. Just just sit and just brainstorm those topics. What are the topics that you know you could talk about that you are really passionate about? And just start making lists of those because that is the base for for what can become a podcast. And mm -hmm. and not to be afraid. Just keep trying. Just put it out there and know that it's I don't know. And of course, I, I think you told me this too in the beginning, like my number, my very first episode is the number one downloaded number. Oh. Everyone listens to the first episode. Wow. And it's probably terrible. I don't even dare to go back and look and <laughs> listen at this point because I'm sure I could redo it much better, but I'm going to leave it there because it's, yes. it's where I started. And it's so yep. fun to see the growth and see how things change. So yeah, I think just planning out as much as you can write those topics down so that you you keep getting excited and when you start to think oh i don't know i just feel like i don't have anything to talk about then you can keep going back to this list yeah and and it re-energizes you and not to be afraid to try new things that's awesome changing it up yeah 
totally, totally with you on creating that list and continuing yes. to add to it. Whenever you have an idea, yeah. have that list like accessible on your phone or, you know, have some other list. Like I use Apple notes. Yes. And so I will just go in, open up my ideas list and just jot something down. And, yeah. Yeah constantly do that. And your first episode is about your story. It is. And so, yeah, don't ever change that. No, it I'm never going to, but so genuine, mm -hmm. so real and really connects to your audience. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, it is just no wonder that people go back and listen to that one. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted it to be real and raw and yeah honest and it is and it's yeah. probably i'm sure i could i could have it speak more eloquently now and have better recording and all of that but i'm but it's not i'm not yeah. changing it but it's no fun need. to see it is fun to see the the growth in just a year yeah um it's been amazing to to learn some new i i'm i love technology i i think it's fun to play with so um, I have gone from just audio to mm -hmm. now I do video. I do, I had put clips on YouTube. I have all kinds of shorts out there and, um, you know, just finding different ways to multitask to take that content. And cause that's the name of the game, right? Is then yes. you have to promote these episodes, which is so fun. And I love right. to do it. And I think it's, it's such a, great service to my guests also. Yeah. But um, but that's a it can be a lot of heavy lifting unless you have some strategies in place to take it, snip it out, put it in different places and find out how to how to make the most out of this one one piece. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very true. And I don't remember, do you have your first episode, like a link to your first episode prominently on your website? I do. It's under, awesome. um, and my, on my about page. Oh, I great. Under my oh, photo. Perfect. I think it says, listen to my story here <gasps> or something. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Excellent. So no wonder. Yeah. That's I know. Like no. Most downloaded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. Really, yeah. really great doing that. Yeah. All right. So where can people find you online to find your podcast and if they need to work with you? Yeah. So it's just, it's Jennifer Sen, S-E-N-N.com. It's just Jennifer awesome. um, slash podcast. If you want to go straight to the podcast page. Great. And again, the podcast name is navigating baby loss. Yeah comes yeah, right up in all the podcasts. It's, in, it's every everywhere, I think. It's yep. all the listings. So yep. yeah. awesome. Thank you so much for being oh and and to back up, yeah, you work mm. with individuals and with groups, right? I do. Yep. I do a group program or one on one, depending on what you're comfortable with and what your needs are. Awesome. And you have a group um, is that right? So people do join a group? Yeah. So it's um, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's called um, Navigating Baby Loss Support Circle. Um, we do some, some, some of it is me kind of giving my helpful tips and advice and things like that, coaching people. Um, and then the other half is really just connecting with others, mm. which is what I, what I'm really 
most proud of and excited about. That's awesome. So So attending a support group from the comfort of your own living room, bedroom, office, Mm -hmm. yeah, wherever. Yeah, no babysitters required, no travel, no no getting dressed if you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Are people on video or I assume they can, they can choose set the video off they if get they to want choose. to. Yeah. yeah. Everybody feels different. So yeah, That's no great. pressure. Yeah. Just wonderful. So happy that you're doing this Thank and you. providing this service to people who really, really need it and do not need to wait 10 years or go 10 years with that kind of pain. No, like you absolutely. Did. No, it was way too long. Yeah too long but i'm thankful i'm able to get the message out now in this way and thank you so much for so much amazing advice and i I could not have started my i I probably would have just bailed on my podcast without your amazing expertise and advice and it just it was so helpful made all the difference Thank you for that. You are just awesome. You have done such a great job. And congratulations again on hitting the one year mark. And by the time this comes out, being beyond. Yeah, I know. Keeping going for sure. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here today, Jen. I really appreciate it. And for sharing all of this information and your story. It's just so helpful to you know, to share the information about baby loss and what to say, what not to say, tips on, you know, where to go for help to get through it and for podcasters. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, I'm I'm so thankful. Thank you. And thank you all for being here today. Be sure to uh, follow this show so you don't miss a single episode. And I will see you next time on Podcast Launchpad. 